0: Go with me to Matthew chapter 22. Real quick, it's gonna, I'm not going to take a long time. I'm going to preach a message that's going to be for two 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 people groups this morning. It's a two-fold message, if you want to call it that. Part of this message is for the church, those that are already saved and have given their lives to Jesus. And then the second part of this message is for those who haven't given their life to Jesus yet. And and so I hope to tackle this this thing, and I hope to, at the end of it all, to be where God showed me we're going to be. So this morning, so Matthew chapter 22, I want to set it up a little bit. Jesus, Jesus taught with parables. If you don't know what a parable is, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Okay. So when you read your Bible, like you do, I know you do diligently when you read your Bible and you see the word parable or Jesus taught them with parables, he basically gave them an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, which means that you need to dig into that story because parables are rich. Okay? Parables are very rich. You, you can just read a parable one time and get something and come back a couple days later, read it again and get something else. Parables are rich and it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So Jesus is telling this story. It's called the parable of the great feast, Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 1. Here we go. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. That's the story he's getting. That's the point he wants you to get. This story relates to the kingdom of heaven. So when you hear feast, when you hear banquet, when you hear party, be thinking of kingdom of heaven. So he's saying that the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by, a, by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Verse 3, when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. Notice that there were some people that were already invited to come to this banquet that the king had planned. Now, how many of you know some of you were busy Friday preparing for Saturday? More people cut grass on Friday Friday than they ever do all year long because they want the grass to be nice and pretty so when everybody comes they can say oh your yard looks good right so you make preparations you you take out the meat and you season it we had a meat feast we had a meat hangover uh, we did ours friday we just for some wild reason decided to celebrate july 3rd uh, and it was good so we, we ate and i had enough meat left in me for the fourth so But we made preparations. You had to take the meat out and let it defrost and you had to season it. and You had to make sure you had charcoal and you had to make sure you had lighter fluid and you had to make sure you had all these other things. And if somebody was bringing the sides and and you can't forget the desserts, right? And you got to make sure you got enough chairs and then, you know, you got the kids. So you got to go get what fireworks. You see all the work that goes into the party or the feast. So this king had, had worked diligently with his servants to prepare a feast or to prepare a banquet for his son. And he sent out invitations because that's, that's the other part of the preparation is to send out the invitations. And the invitations he sent out, when he, when he sent the servants to go and, and tell them it's ready, they refused to come. So what does that mean? That means that some people have received an invitation from God, but they're now refusing to come to him. Are you seeing this? Because, you see, here's the thing about God is that God knocks on our heart. Man never comes to God on his own terms. Man never wakes up one day and goes, oh, you know what? I need God. It's the drawing of God that brings men to him. God draws men to himself. He pulls on our heart. He knocks on the door of our heart. You can't come to him on your own conditions and your own terms. In other words, you can't show up to his party if you haven't been invited. So God's been in the inviting or in the invitation business, and He's been inviting people to come to His banquet. And now that it's ready, they're refusing to come. How would you feel <laughs> if everybody started calling you Friday night? Oh, hey, look, uh, we're not gonna make it to the party tomorrow. Well, you was bringing desserts. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I mean, that's like the ultimate. That's why I use that one first. I mean, the man that's supposed to bring the desserts has to show up. I mean, you can burn the meat, but if you got desserts it's still all good, right? But how would you feel if the people you invited to come to your party, to come to your banquet to celebrate your son refused to come? Watch verse 4. It says so he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened Fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and even killed them. They're refusing to come to God is what Jesus is saying. That's the earthly part of the story is they're refusing to come to God. Some of you have been inviting people to church. You've been inviting people into a relationship with God and you've been insulted because of that. Listen to me. That's supposed to happen. If it happened here, if it happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to you. Right? Just get over it and keep on going because people are going to insult you. They're going to even try to kill you. But you just keep inviting people. So watch the consistency of the king. This is the second time that he sends out the servants to bring the people in. Verse 7. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. Wow. You see, here's something I think America's missing today, is America is missing the seriousness of God. We're missing the seriousness of the invitation. Just like these people didn't take seriously that the king was preparing a banquet for them, They didn't take it seriously. They didn't mark it on their calendar. They didn't make preparations. In their heart, they decided even when they got the invitation that I'm not going. But we're not taking serious the call of God to come to his party or to be a part of the kingdom of God. So the reality is, is when we don't take God serious, (laughs) he shows up. Isn't it funny how when everything is going good, we don't need God? Isn't it true how when the birds are singing and the sun's shining, <laughs> we don't need God, but let the clouds come and the money dry up, and what happens? Oh, God, thank you, up, please. Right? Isn't that how it works? Come on, listen, I'm guilty of that. The temptation is that when everything's peaches and creams, I don't need anybody. Right? The king was furious, sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. Now, this is the part I want you to get as a church. Verse eight, it says, and he said to his servants, because I believe this is where we're at today. So what I'm about to say is where we're at as a church today. This is where we're at as a, as a, as a nation today. I believe God's furious about the things that are happening. And he's saying to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go to the street corners and invite everyone you see. Say that with me. Say everyone you see. You see, up until now, the church has been kind of particular. We want to invite certain people to church of a certain status, of a certain reputation. We want good-looking people at our church. We don't want no ugly folk up in here. Just did that to get your attention. But the reality is that we've been picking and choosing who we're going to invite to church and who we're going to tell about Jesus because we think that certain people are worth it and others aren't. Come on. We're getting picky as a church. If you don't make this much money, you can't come to my church. If you don't dress this way, you can't come to my church. If you're not educated enough, you can't come to Jesus. Look at what the king said. The king was furious because he had already invited people to come to this party of his. And they refused. He says, you know what? Go out to the street corners and invite everyone that you see. Who is that? But that's everyone. (laughs) Right? That's everyone that you see. So here's the deal there's an everyone in your everyday. There's an everyone in your everyday. There's an everyone at your workplace. There's an everyone at the grocery store that you shop at. There's an everyone at McDonald's when you go there every morning to get your coffee and biscuit. There's an everyone. The king is telling us today to go and invite everyone that you see. Don't size them up. Don't gauge them. Don't dress them. Just invite them. Just bring them. Because you see, the ones that got the formal invitation and refused, the king says they're not even worthy of the honor of being at my banquet. Verse 10, it says, so the servants brought in everyone they could find. (laughs) They brought in everyone that they could find. You see the the initiative that they took? The servants, they actually got out of their comfort zone. And instead of going to somebody that was already invited and just reminding them that there's a party, they actually went out to people that had no clue there was a party and said, hey, listen, can you come? Do you want to come to this party? Are you seeing this? There was some initiative. There was some energy. There was a little bit of tenacity to go and invite people that they may not be comfortable inviting. But you see, the king didn't say, go find this certain type of people and bring them. He said, go find everyone and bring them. So watch what happens. Verse 10, so the servants brought in everyone they could find. Good and bad alike and the banquet hall was filled with guests they invited the good the bad and the ugly right listen we're all ugly before we come to jesus let's just get real this morning they went out and they invited the good and the bad and the banquet hall was full You see, God's not asking you to go out and change people. He's not asking you to go out and hand select people. He's asking you or even telling you to go out and invite everyone in. I'm telling you, this is a word for our church today. We are called to reach everyone in the Eunice area. Everyone, the good, the bad and the ugly. Amen. That's his word for us this morning. Simple word. Just go and invite everyone that you see. Let me show you one more part of this. Then I'm going to wrap it up. The banquet hall was filled with guests. Verse 11. But when the king came in to meet the guest. He noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked. How is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. You see, it's not our job to figure out who's chosen and who's not. It's the king's job. Right? If the king don't like somebody at the party, that's his business. Right? I'm not called to judge people. I'm not called to get them to pass a certain test to come in. I'm called just to invite. And so now you see a party that is filled with people that are good and bad. And the king himself comes in and determines who stays and who doesn't. But religion says you got to go find somebody. You got to dress them up, put a little lipstick on them, and get them all nice and pretty before you can bring them to the party. That's not your responsibility. You're taking on something that's not even yours. Your responsibility is just to get them to the banquet. To get them to the relationship with Jesus. To give them hope because they're hopeless. The Bible never tells us to go around and condemn people. You don't have to remind people of how sinful they are. They already know. How do they know? They're condemned. We need to give people hope. Listen, it's a party. It's a banquet. It's a feast. It's called a relationship with God. Because at the table called the relationship with God is everything that anybody will ever need. It's on his table. And that's what he's called us to do. Just go get them. Just go get them and bring them in. You don't have to teach him religion. You don't have to teach him how to talk. You don't have to teach them how to walk and how to dress. Don't worry about that. Amen? Amen. And then the second part of this message is this. There's some of you here today. God told me you was going to be here. And I got a verse for you. It's in Revelations 3.20. It's not a doom and destruction verse. Because there's some people here that God's been knocking on your heart. You've got an invitation after invitation or invitation to come into the presence of God, to come into a relationship with God, and you're not answering the call. You're not RSVPing. You're not responding. It's not even on your radar. You're thinking that you don't even need God. Some of you here today have gotten an invitation from God and you're acting like you don't need God. And that's just not true. You're not taking this invitation serious. But here's the thing. The king takes the invitation serious. Right? Because there's a day coming where the the groom is coming back for the bride. And nobody knows the time. I can guarantee you this much we're closer than we've ever been. Amen. We're closer than we've ever been for Jesus to come back. Verse 15 of chapter 3 in Revelation, I'm going to read a little bit to you. It says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm water, neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have everything I want, I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. also buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed or not be shamed by your nakedness. ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent, to turn, be diligent and turn from your indifference. Here's the key verse. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together. You see, that just kind of sums it all up right there. God's not looking to beat you. He's not looking to abuse you. He's not looking to throw you down and make you downcast or put you into prison. Some people don't come to God because they think they got to give up too much. And I'm here to tell you that whatever you think is so important that you got to give up, if you just give it up and get what God has, you'll you'll look back one day and say, you know what? That was stupid. That's just real. That was stupid. That I thought that that was more important than what God had for me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking today on some of your hearts. And if you don't answer, I'm just telling you there's a verse 7 coming. Verse 7 is when the king got furious. I don't preach much like that. I don't preach much about God's anger. And I don't preach much about hellfire and brimstone. But just because I don't preach it all the time doesn't mean it ain't real. God can do anything that he wants to do. And here's the thing. He's choosing you today to come to his banquet. And he's giving you an invitation today to come into a relationship with him. It's not about rules. It's not about religion. It's not about regulations. It's simply about relationship. It's about relationship. What you don't realize today is that you're being given an invitation to come back to the place that you belong. The place that you were always intended to be. That's in the presence of God. That's a. a, That's an heir of the king. That's a person that has the right to belong. That's a person that's not trespassing, but a person that belongs in the kingdom. You're given an invitation to belong today. Will you answer the call? Will you open the door? Will you let him in? Because look at me, he just wants to dine with you. He doesn't want to beat you. He doesn't want to throw all your mistakes in your face. He just wants to sit down at the table and have a relationship with you today. And I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what church you belong to, but that doesn't really bother me today. Only thing that's bothering me is that there's some folks in here that don't have a relationship with Jesus. And they don't have a relationship with God. And and as a pastor and as a minister of the gospel, it's my job, it's my responsibility to to give you an invitation. I'm one of those servants. And today God said, just invite my people to come. So would you stand up with me this morning? I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. not asking you to join this church the lord would lead you to do that so be it i'm asking you to respond to the gospel i'm asking you to respond to what god's doing in your heart today i believe that he's tugging i believe that he's knocking he's knocking on hearts today let me in anybody home please open the door i want to come in and i want to dine with you So if you find yourself this morning in a place where God's God's knocking on your heart and you know that he's been knocking and he's waiting on a response and the good news is he's a patient God. He'll keep knocking, but he will sooner or later have enough. Would you answer the call today? Would you open the door? If that's you this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor, I just need to open the door, would you raise your hand real quick? Real quick. If that's you, just just respond right now. Real quick, just, just raise your hand up. I see you. I see you. I'm going to give you a minute. If you want to respond to the gospel today, if you want to respond to Jesus, if you want to have a loving, life-giving relationship with Jesus, just raise your hand real quick. Real quick, I see you. I see you. You can put them down. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's the, the actual belief in your heart and the confession of your mouth is what Romans says. Just pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I'm lost without you. Lord, I know you've been knocking on my heart. Lord, I open the door today. Lord, I don't don't just open the door. I invite you to come into my life. And Lord, I want to dine with you. I want to sit at the table with you. Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I've made mistakes. Lord, I've fallen short. Lord, I don't feel like I belong. Lord, help me to belong. Lord, I want to belong. I receive everything that you've done for me, Lord. All your work on the cross. All your work in the grave. I receive it. And Lord, I give you my life. I surrender my life to you today, Jesus. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you save my life? I want to spend eternity with you, Lord. I want to come to the party. Can I come to the party, Lord? Father, I thank you for every person that responded to the gospel, that responded to your work on the cross. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you, you didn't die in vain, But that today people are still coming. People are still opening the invitation. People are still opening the doors today, Lord. And inviting you into their lives. Inviting you in to have your way. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. I thank you for those that you saved today. Those that have now been given the right to be in a relationship with you, Lord God. And I bless you. And I thank you. And I worship you, Lord. Father, I thank you for these incredible babies. I I just thank you in advance for their day of salvation. And I just bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. And Father, I pray for the church. The Lord will answer the call to go out to the street corners and invite everyone I just pray in every one anointing on this church. I pray in every one burden on this church. Lord, everybody, Lord, we'll start to see everybody as everybody, Father. We'll start to see them differently. We'll start to take on this call that you've given us to go and invite everyone that we see. Everyone that you put in 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 our world, Lord, to come into a loving relationship with you everyone, Lord. I just pray for the lost people in this, region, in this region, Father, in the in Eunice and their surrounding cities. I just call them in from the north, the south, the east and the west, Lord. We're calling in the good, the bad and the ugly. Lord, we're calling in the lost, the sinners, the ones that you're calling and inviting to, to come to the banquet, Lord. We're calling them in. We're saying, come forth in the name of Jesus. All the way from Kinder, from Alexandria, from Opelousas, from Crowley, Lord, and all the areas in between. We just call them in right now. Come. Come in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we bless you this morning. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your gentleness and your kindness. Bless you, Lord. Just soak it in right now. Just let let his presence touch you. Just let him breathe over you this morning. Let him wash you with his words. Let him cleanse you this morning. Let him feel you fresh and new. He's been with you the whole time. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. He knows where you're going tomorrow. And he's with you. Let him feel you this morning. Hallelujah, Lord, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Amen.